2: This is the USCHO Weekend Review podcast from U.S. College Hockey Online at USCHO.com. A look at this weekend in college hockey and a review of the top news of the week.
0: Welcome to Weekend Review for Monday, November 11th, 2019. It's Veterans Day. I'm Ed Trepsker alongside Jim Connolly. Jim, what a great weekend of hockey. And why don't we get started right away with the game of the week, which had denver visiting minnesota duluth and any questions that there may have been about minnesota duluth may be answered from their performance this past weekend
1: yeah certainly i mean it didn't start out that hot as they fell behind uh on friday night by a couple of goals but they battled back they earned a tie in that one denver i believe it was a shootout that they got the extra point in the nchc standings but you earn a tie after trailing by a couple of goals then the next night They fell behind again, but then it was the ability to take over that game and show that they could, you know, dominate. I don't know if that's the right word, but they could certainly uh, outplay the number one team in the country, Denver. And that, you know, taking... Three of four in terms of ties and wins. Four of six in the NCAC standings. I mean, that's that's a really good weekend, and I think that Scott Sandlin's team is starting to come around. Um, you got to think, you got to know that they're never a, a very strong starting team. They've had moments. I think last year after a, a bad opening weekend, it was an eight-game win streak. But I'd expect to see those type of streaks for them to put put together some unbeaten streaks this year. They have the ability. They're maybe not the number one team in the country that you know th- that most people pro- projected them to be before the season, but when things start to fall in line for them, and you know Shepard is playing well in net, and their their scores are scoring, and you know Perunovich is Perunoviching, like that's <laughs> that is uh, you know that is a team that you know easily can be as dominant as anybody in this nation. So. Good to see for them for Denver now, you know you may be looking your wounds. you go in there eight, 0 and you come home eight one and one. But I wouldn't you know, there's no alarm needed there. They, they you know you just gotta realize, okay, we gotta play a little bit better. We know we have the talent, we know we have the ability. So that's it's both teams should come out of there maybe not feeling super great. But both of them should still have very positive thoughts about where their season is headed. Denver, obviously, is a very good team, very talented. They're putting up wins early. And then Duluth, hey, you're back on track. You're you're in a, you're in a good position right now. Let's try to build on it.
0: Well, and you need to have, I think, you need to have some adversity along the way in a season. It's yes. really hard to see yourself in, in a very... Uh, uh, realistic way if you don't have some difficulty along the way. And for Denver, you're also playing at Amsoil Arena, a tough place to play. January 31st and February 1st, these two teams face each other in league action again, this time at Magnus Arena in Denver. And by then, there may be critical points for uh, the top of the league, or at least the top four in the NCHC on the line.
1: That yeah, that's that's going to be a big stand uh, series. You know, when you really look at the the two of them getting back together, at that point you're going to know where you are. Um you're, you're getting into the final, basically, you know, five weeks of the regular season, and you'll have a really good measuring stick as to whether or not you're one of the elite teams in the country. Listen, by by that point, maybe one of those teams has struggled and they've dropped out of the top fifteen or something like that, and it's you know, it's a it's no longer a ma- matchup of top ten teams. You know. But at the same time, I really expect it to go the other way. By that point, I bet you could have a matchup of top five teams. That's how good both of these clubs are.
0: Well, another big series this weekend kept Notre Dame undefeated as they swept Ohio State. It was done in overtime in remarkable fashion by Pierce Crawford with a little over a minute left. But a a really big statement for Notre Dame, which is off to its best start under Jeff Jackson.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, you're finding ways to win games, and, and that was a really good series. If you got to see any of it, the, you know, the hockey level, the speed of both teams, the goaltending, very elite. And I think that these, these two teams are very good. Now, Ohio State, you're sitting there maybe saying, boy, we played really well, and we didn't get a single point out of it. That's frustrating. Uh, but don't put your head down too far. Notre Dame is going to be a team. I wouldn't be surprised when today's poll comes out to maybe see them get a first-place vote or two. Um, I don't think that they're going to be the number one team in the country in any way, shape or form, but to see them move up into the you know top three top two doesn't surprise me. They are a very good team. this is a great Notre Dame hockey team. Uh, as you mentioned the best star since Jeff Jackson has been the coach. Uh, this is this is a, a an elite team. Ohio State, they're very good as well. don't don't worry too much about them can't sleep on them. Um, I think this is going into what we've talked about a number of times is how darn good the Big Ten is and how many good teams are in that league right now and how that this it could become almost what the NCHC has over time, a battle of attrition where teams will kind of sag to the bottom, not because they're not good hockey teams, but because there's just so much competition in that league.
0: Yeah, you talk about (laughs) votes and I'm sure Notre Dame will get some. As I was looking at the ballot last night, I'm thinking, wow, and I'm sure the voters All we're thinking the same thing. Is it Minnesota State? Is it still Denver? What about Cornell and uh, certainly Notre Dame? Well, speaking of Cornell, Cornell and Clarkson both got a couple of big wins over the weekend. They will meet this coming weekend in a matchup of a former mentor and former mentee.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is this is these are two good hockey teams, and I've I've liked Cornell a lot. Um, I've really liked Clarkson a lot since the beginning of the year. You know, I, I saw Cornell in the regional last year and knew that they had some quality players coming back. Clarkson's just a team that, since Casey Jones has been there, has really done you know maybe more than anybody expects out of them being you know a team in that north north country where. You know, it's not always the easiest place to attract. I do know that you can pull in those Canadian players a little bit easier with the proximity to the border. But uh, I love the job that both of these coaches have done at their respective schools. Uh, Schaefer has done it for a lot longer than Casey Jones has. But uh, I think that this Friday's game, that will be a a matchup. uh, That's a heavyweight matchup because neither of these teams are the skating skill teams both of these teams play a heavy game they lean on you they make it harder to make plays with the puck uh there will be a lot of ice bags after that game on friday night so um, i just think that what this weekend showed is that we know probably uh, and i don't want to take harvard out of this because you got to throw harvard in there as well but you know two of the three best teams in the ecac and they're going to face off this weekend
0: it's been a tough couple of weekends for Quinnipiac and a great weekend for Harvard as they got a win over Princeton, who has been off to a good start and then a demolition of Quinnipiac the next night.
1: Yeah. 7-2 win over Quinnipiac. And I, you know, I, I have not been in touch with Rand Pecknall or any really anybody on that staff to know if they're battling through something, there could be some injuries and stuff like that right now. Um, but it hasn't been a couple of good weekends for them. They've, they've struggled a little bit and Harvard, that's kind of the point I was getting at is that, you know, Harvard, you can kind of throw them into that trio at the top of the ECAC. It's it's, it's so weird with the Ivies and them getting started so late to know where these teams will fit in. And, and you know, I kind of didn't know about Harvard. They've got some talent there. You know, they've been, in, you know, they're not the team that went to the Frozen Four a few years ago. This is, you know, but at the same time, I don't know just how good they can be. I like what I've seen out of the gate. This is a team that, uh, can score goals. Defense is something that's obviously, you know, a little bit uh, always in question. You know, you lose your goaltender, Michael Lackey, he transfers out um, down to Providence as a senior. And and so that's a big hole that they're going to have to try to fill. But to this point, it seems like that has not been uh, an Achilles heel. They're, they're playing good hockey. And this is a Harvard team that you can't sleep on.
0: We've got more to come on Weekend Review, including an upset in Hockey East and some strong play in the NCHC.
2: This is the USCHO Weekend Review podcast from U.S. College Hockey Online. 18 plus.
0: Jim, about that upset in Hockey East I mentioned, Mike Souza's got things moving in the right direction at New Hampshire as UNH, a 3-1 win over number two ranked UMass.
1: Yeah, and you know, uh i've liked unh and a lot about them uh coming into this season i don't think a lot of people had high expectations but you know knowing mike suzer and his level of intensity and uh, a good coach he is and he's you know he was a highly touted replacement for dick umilly going in there you had some i had at least some decent expectations sunday a 3-1 win over umass at home that kind of solidified it a little, you know, for me. And and I know that this is going to be a team. They're going to have their their bumps along the road. And I think uh, their goaltender Mike Robinson, as he goes, so goes New Hampshire. And he was phenomenal uh, in goal on on Sunday. And that's a big part of it. When you can have a goaltender making the saves he has to, and maybe making a couple of extra, that's usually a good formula. Uh, and you know, a UMass team. This is a UMass team whose offense has been high flying. Uh, at times this year, so to hold them to a single goal, uh, I like the way U N H is playing. UMass, you know, they're coming off a really nice weekend uh, against Northeastern last weekend, and it was easy to kind of, you know, get get me. I, I don't want to say get inflated heads because knowing Greg Carville the way I do, he won't let his team do that. Um, but you know, maybe didn't take U N H as seriously as they should. It's a you know sun, Sunday afternoon matinee game. NFL games were on, you know. It's not the biggest ticket in town uh, in Durham, despite the fact that that place used to you know, sell out all the time, no matter when they played. Uh, but here, here you have a, a, a UNH team that got gritty. They found ways to score goals. They were opportunistic. And uh, they they earned a very good win for, for Mike Souza, for this program under him. Um, they're heading in a good direction.
0: You mentioned Greg Carville. He has a very workmanlike approach to the game. His teams don't get too up and too rambunctious and really approach it in a business-like way, which really led to their success last season. So I think this is just going to be a little bump in the road on the way to uh, a a finish in the top two or three in Hockey East.
1: I agree with you there. I mean, this is still one of the elite teams in the league, one of the elite teams in the country. And uh, they, you know, every team, I can even think of last year's team that was in the national title game. There was some, you know, tough games along the road and there were some losses that they maybe didn't expect to to have happen. So, you know, one game in, in November, you can't get too crazy about, you know, when those losses are coming in March, get upset and, and worry then. But uh, it, it, at this time of year, uh, you're going to have a, a, a game that it just becomes a dud where your team doesn't play well enough and they, they end up on the wrong end.
0: Well, we we're talking uh, over the past week about Maine and what a good start they're off to UMass Lowell got three of four points from them, but a pretty good performance by Maine in the weekend.
1: Yeah, it certainly was. I got to see uh, both of those games, and uh, you know, I I had mentioned that I was so concerned about Maine after you know a bad start, a seven nothing loss, and as you know, talking to people this weekend from Maine, they said, "Boy, that could have been an eleven eleven nothing loss." That was a really rough start to their season against Providence, but. Uh, they've picked themselves up, and they have played very good hockey. They are a tough team to play against. They play really heavy. I mean, they bang you around. They will win those 50-50 uh, pucks in the corner probably more often than not. They uh, they have some skill. They need a few more finishers. They don't have a ton of guys uh, up front that, can, that are just born finishers, but they're, they're still finding ways, and uh, they trailed on – on a Friday night, one nothing late, found a way to get the tying goal. And then Saturday, it was an, another battle, but it was Lowell this time that found the way to get the winning goal. Matt Brown, an absolute highlight reel goal. He's a freshman, and I think he's leading the country in points for freshmen right now. And his his uh, his passing ability is probably what people can highlight because he's got more assists and goals, in, in, you know, by pretty good margin but he can shoot the puck and he put a puck in a in about a, a, a six inch by six inch window uh, over the shoulder of Jeremy Swayman on Saturday night for the game winner but that was a good series that was a good hockey series a uh, Lowell State remains unbeaten in hockey east which is a nice statement for them it's one of the probably one of their best league starts ever and they're you know they're 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 basically staying consistent. They've been a consistent team since day one this season. Uh, but Maine, listen, Maine is going to be a good team. There might be a top four team in hockey. East. They're definitely going to be a top six team in hockey. East. They're, they're going to they're win their games and they're going to uh, surprise a lot of teams. If they if anybody sleeps on them, they're going to uh, surprise you and they'll, they'll kick you around the rink if you let them.
0: One more to look at in Hockey East. Boston College, who people were starting to doubt a little bit, had two uh, dominating performances, 6-0 at home, 5-1 at UConn last weekend. Mike Cavanaugh spent 18 seasons as an assistant under Jerry York, but in this case, the mentee and the mentor did not connect up very well for the the mentee. Uh, two questions there. Uh, is this an accurate reflection of those two teams? And second, uh, UConn really has not gotten a ton of traction in Hockey East. Is there going to be some heat on Kavanaugh?
1: Um, I don't know. That's that's still to be seen. You know, I I don't feel like he should be under too much fire. He's had some decent performances. Uh, that's still a team that there's some limited, there's some challenges. I do think that uh, admissions wise, he might get some breaks and he might be able to get some players in other schools. Couldn't, um, you know, being a division one basketball power, so you've, you, you know, oftentimes there's some ability to do things on the admissions end but at the same time you know you don't have your own rink on campus you're playing in an old nhl barn that is kind of run down it's not like you have the the great locker rooms the great workout facilities right there on you know in the rink you've got to you know do that back on campus so i think he's got a challenge just recruiting at uconn uh he's brought in some really good players all that said and they just haven't gelled this year, and you know I think a lot of it. You know they're zero and four at home. That's not a that's not a good record to to have right now. Uh, they're two one and one on the road, so uh, they're a team that f- for some reason is not playing that well at home. Um, that you know I I don't I I do worry about them. I do think that they need to put up for some better performances. They'll get a chance uh, against UMass Lowell this weekend. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't. I don't think that a coach should be in too much trouble um, for, for down at UConn right now. I don't. For one thing, I'm not sure that that program is getting the attention of the athletic director either. So that's a, another. You know, usually if you if you can kind of stay under the radar a little bit you you know that shouldn't be too much of a concern but um, for Boston College that's a nice series to get them back on track they're three and two now in hockey's five and four overall they scored a lot of goals 11 goals on the weekend that's a good those are all the positives those are all the good feelings they needed uh, to get things going at BC because I think this is a, a pretty talented group it's just getting the fire lit and getting things going in the right direction.
0: Let's turn back to the NCHC. Uh, North Dakota had Miami in for a pair. It was a blowout on Friday, a pretty close game Saturday. Uh, North Dakota really not with a lot of difficulty in that and not to be expected, but maybe uh, especially with Saturday's game, some, some good signs as coach Chris Bergeron in his first year behind the Red Hawks bench looks to turn things around a bit.
1: Yeah, and that's a school that needs it. Obviously, we've we've talked about um, Miami as the program. Though, listen, they were they were an elite team when they entered the NCHC. They've kind of been at the bottom of that league since. They made a coaching change, um, but that's a challenge. You know, you're still in a very good league. You're still playing some very good teams in North Dakota. Getting those two wins, uh, that you know, quietly. And I I don't know how you say this, but quietly, North Dakota seven one and one, and. You've got to be thinking, wow, how good is this team? They're perfect at home, seven and zero at home, and that you know that's maybe part of why people don't look at them too uh, look too much into it right now because you're playing. So they just front loaded their schedule with so many home games. Obviously, a lot of their non league games they'll bring in the opposition. Um, now it's the challenge of when you're not at home and when you're you're on the road. How are you going to do? They haven't won a road game yet. They've only played two. Um, but this is you know so the, that's I, I guess that that's where some of the 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 unknowns will sit for North Dakota, but great weekend series for them. Um, popping the goals in the net always has to feel good, um, and you know I think that this is a this is a fighting Hawks team that I I don't know that they're ready for the to be you know christened as a top five team, but they're certainly going to be there in the national picture for this entire season.
0: There was an upset on Friday night, a mild one I would I would say, but an upset nonetheless. Michigan State. Uh, splitting with Penn State, a two nothing win on Friday night, despite being outshot forty eight to twenty four, and then uh, a six four loss uh, for the Spartans on Saturday. Still a respectable performance.
1: Yeah, um, I think that that's that's a nice sign for for Penn State. Obviously, you know if you need to find um, a kryptonite, a good goaltender, and uh, John Letheman for michigan state as you mentioned 48 saves shutout. you know just getting peppered the entire night uh penn state became penn state the next night and they get their six goals and you know it wasn't the uh it wasn't the low scoring game that you had on friday it's still entertaining um you know for penn state boy that that saturday game probably felt a lot better when you're when you're a team that knows how to score goals the way that that penn state does uh, you know to to be shut out has to feel frustrating. So the good thing is that frustration didn't carry into a second game. The offense got their stride, they felt their stride, they they you know got the goals, they put them in the net, six goals. You know, kind of can get one of those high flying offenses back on track very quickly. So um Interesting to watch where both of these teams go. Obviously, Penn State, we know, is a pretty elite team. Uh, But Michigan State, can they be a dark horse? Can they be a spoiler all year? Can they just be that pain-in-the-neck team in in the Big Ten for this entire season? I I think that they have the ability to. When you have a great goaltender, you're going to win a lot more games than uh, some people give you credit to.
0: Uh, One thing with Penn State, and I suspect if you sit down and really look at some hockey analytics, that you would find that, that a lot of those shots are... Kind of low percentage type shots because they they seem to cross the red line and start shooting. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but the shots come from up high, uh, come from all over the place. So uh, you know the 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 quality of the shots uh, may be a little misleading when you just look at total shot numbers.
1: Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, and that you know that's when, what Penn State I think has been known for is kind of shooting from the pop, the popcorn stand. I would say. Uh, but but at the same time, most games I've watched them play, they still generate. You know, they might take forty eight shots, but they'll still generate five or six really good grade A's. And a lot of those times, they're going in. So I did not see the tape of the the two nothing win and forty eight saves might seem a little inflated. So um, I still think that you know just the ability for any goaltender to shut down a team that has been scoring better than four goals a game uh, that's impressive.
0: Last one on our list of games over the weekend. RIT remains hot. They got four out of six points against Niagara. Uh, Second straight three-on-three in Atlantic hockey that never played three-on-three. as That also had, uh, like the previous Saturday against Holy Cross, a penalty from the five-on-five they carried over and no whistle until there was a decision in the three-on-three. A couple of highlight goals for Niagara's Eric Cooley, the the one in the three-on-three you might have seen as it got circulated around by John Bouchagrass. RIT not in first place in Atlanta hockey. That belongs to Robert Morris with an extra point along the way. But uh, the Tigers seem to have everything working well for them. They've got uh, four lines. They've got really five and a half or six lines that could roll. And uh, maybe the most talented team that RIT has had, and, and probably the most competitive one since, uh, 10 years ago when they went to the Frozen Four.
1: Yeah, there's they're, this is a great start for them and to to be uh, putting up this many points and you know, jumping out into a good position in the league. And not everybody really had them on their radar coming into the season. They've had some really quality wins in there. Um, I, I like RIT. You know, I, I think I had them around 17 on my ballot this week. I don't know if they'll get into the, the top 20, but I think that they're a very good team. Probably you know, among the top two, top three teams in Atlantic uh, this season, there's still some, I need to see Atlantic play out a little bit. Cause I think, you know, there's, there's certain clubs that uh, you mentioned, Robert Morris, uh, obviously AIC is an excellent team. Bentley uh, is a team that I kind of want to see more of and understand You know, I think Robert Morris and Bentley are going to play this weekend. That'll be a good game in Atlantic hockey. So I want to see these things play out a little bit more, but I do think that you, you're going to have RIT. They're going to be, likely a top four team in, in uh, Atlantic when all is said and done, and, and that'll, that'll be a, a big positive for them.
0: And don't overlook Sacred Heart in that. They may have the best set of forwards in Atlantic hockey. They visit RIT this weekend. One more news item to mention before we close. Some good news coming out of the WCHA over the weekend. Uh, Bill Robertson, the WCHA commissioner, confirming that Alaska Anchorage and Alaska Alaska Fairbanks will be uh, competing in intercollegiate athletics next season. So uh, 10 teams again in the WCHA next year.
1: It'll be the last year of the league as we know it. But, you know, I think this is a, this is the best news is for uh, the two Alaska schools and the fact that you know you have funding, you know that you can continue to, to recruit this season and do what you're doing. And uh, listen, when you have any threat to your programming or your program, uh, the the area it hurts the most is your future you mm-hmm. know? because you're trying to lock kids in to come to your school two three years down the road and you're not even sure that you're going to have a program and and it's once once it gets public that there's some issues people just players parents even agents if agents are really involved uh all just kind of shake their head and say oh maybe that's not the best option so that really you know can dampen and hurt recruiting uh, and so, if you're trying to find a way to get better as a program to make sure that you stay alive, any rumors that are negative can just further hurt your program. So, I'm glad to see a proactive, positive statement from the from the uh, university systems up there and and Bill Robinson in in, uh, in the WCHA office. But we need to make sure that that this, these programs have a future. And and I don't know what's going to happen as the WCHA dissolves and. Uh, these two schools, along with Alabama Huntsville, are kind of left on the outside and don't have a home. Uh, it's going to be up to the college hockey world as a whole. I know that we've talked about it you know, over the time. I think it's become much more about individuals than as holes. Um, but hopefully, this is something that can get fixed, fixed soon, and there's a solution that is a positive one for both of these schools up in Alaska.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned Alabama Huntsville, and all you have to do is look at the difficulty that program had when it was uh, axed by by uh, an overreaching and um you know improperly acting i think president down there i'm on my way out the door i'm leaving in a month i'm going to can the program well that was overturned when they got his butt the heck out of there and uh, turned things around but it it took a few years for alabama huntsville to to get back on track mike corbett is doing a great job there but yeah, it takes more than a couple of seasons when you have some sort of doubt like that.
1: Yeah, it you, you see it. I mean, I I I'm out here in Hockey East Country and we saw it at UMass Lowell when there was rumors that they might go to just mm-hmm. one program and uh it would be played out in Amherst at the flagship campus. And um that wasn't, you know, that as okay. negative for Lowell because I think they quashed the rumor quick enough and it was never really much put out by the, the UMass system. That was more like a couple of Uh, Overzealous trustees talking, but it's just uh, something that small. You don't want as a coach to be getting calls from recruits that you've committed saying, "Hey, I think I'm going to decommit and I'm going to head somewhere else." And you're saying as a coach, "Well, nothing's happened, nothing's true." But as a as a kid, as parents, you want you know stability in your kids' lives as they're entering college. So. If, if you're entering an unstable situation, that makes it all, all the more difficult. So being able to get some solid ground, some solid truths behind these programs, all of them. And in college hockey in general, there's got to be somebody working over this next you know year, year and a half, as we we know we're going to go through another transition, to make sure that there's certainty across the board.
0: And I don't know who's going to be able to do that. It kind of makes me wonder if the commissioners should get together and maybe... Uh, choose somebody whether it's somebody with an organization like college hockey inc or some independent consultant to look at what needs to be done for realignment but i'm sure that's a topic for another time Uh, we do have two more podcasts during the week uscho spotlight early in the week and on thursday's uscho game of the week previewing our pick for the most interesting game of the weekend plus a preview of the other ones Check those all out at uscho.com slash podcasts. For Jim Connolly, I'm Ed Trefsker, and we'll catch you next time.
2: This has been the USCHO Weekend Review Podcast, a production of U.S. College Hockey Online. Visit uscho.com slash podcasts to listen or subscribe. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.